Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 497 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, and I'm not joined by Jill today, but I am joined by basically an addition to the podcast at this point, Mallory O'Meara from the Reading Glasses podcast. How you doing, buddy? Okay. I, I am honored to stand in for Jill. Uh, I, I will, I'm always happy to be your glasses, uh, tattooed, dyed hair person. <laughs> yeah, you literally, well, the funny thing is, is a couple weeks ago, I did, I did a podcast by myself and you texted me and you're like, hey, if you ever need someone to pinch hit, I'm coming. I'm I, here. I, 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 it w- wasn't even a month before I called you up and I was like, hey, come help me talk about books. So. Well, are we allowed to say why that I'm on here today? Because today's a very special day for Jill. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Well, professional book nerd listeners, please, if you follow Jill on uh, Twitter or Instagram, wish her a happy birthday. It is Jill's birthday today. She's enjoying it with, uh, last I checked, some rosé and some cupcakes, cupcakes. which are very well earned. Uh, and it is, I consider it an honor to be here uh, standing in for the uh, wonderful Jill. Yeah, she... She, she'll be missed, but it gives me an, an, an excuse to hang out with Mallory for an hour. So that part I'm really, really excited about. What we're going to do, so Mallory is the, the branded queen of spooky season reading. <laughs> and I still have my Halloween decorations up. <laughs> no one else is going to see this, but I have a Christmas tree behind me, and Mallory has pumpkins behind her. And I like, still oh, do. <laughs> it's so good. But um, I texted you and said, I know because I know for, you are famous for during October, you only read horror. And then I feel bad because I actually heard you talk about this on your podcast today. We're recording this on Thursday. How you were like, I'm going to scramble to read a bunch of 2020 new books for the rest of the year. But I figured what we could do is you and I could talk about the books that we're going to read-ish for the rest of the year. And then I was curious if you have any like holiday reading traditions, which we'll get into first. But um, before we, we do that, do you have, I was thinking about this because everyone has a, a TBR list. Like you're not allowed to listen to either of our podcasts if you don't have a TBR list that's <laughs> far too long. And that's like actually my favorite email that we get where someone's like, come on, stop it. There, I have so many books on my stop list. Stop adding to my team. But, you, but the thing is, people always say that, but you really want us to. You want us to add to your TBR list. <laughs> so, but thinking about that and then listening to your guys' episode today, do you, like, again, we all have a TBR list, but do you have specific books that you know? Because you, I believe you've called yourself like a wood chipper of books. Like, do you know what you're going to get to, like, next and then after that, usually? Or is it just, like, pick it up off a stack? Yeah, I never really know what I'm going to read next. I think we all have this moment where, because you, you never really quite know what you're going to be in the mood for when you finish a book. Because mm-hmm. the end of a book is, is always going to be a mystery. Are you satisfied with it? Do you want something totally different? Do you want something in the same vein? Most of the time, regardless of what I'm reading, even if I enjoyed it or I didn't enjoy it, I like to read something very different just to get my brain out of there because you know if I read two mysteries in the row in a row I'm going to start comparing the two and I just don't want to don't want to get into that game so I normally pick something of a very different genre but other than that I have no idea With uh, I do right now I actually have a, yes October I am a huge horror fan and October is and I know you are too mm-hmm. uh, I, I just sort of let myself run wild and uh, read as much horror as I possibly want. Um, and a lot of great uh, scary books came out this year, which is really, really exciting. And that's that, that's what's good is that when you're uh, readers like us, you just have a sort of a myriad of awesome choices. Although I was listening to one of the new Professional Book Nerds episodes today, and it's funny when um, we read books so far advanced because of our arcs that you're like, when October comes around, you're like, oh, wait, I read a lot of these these books like six months ago yeah it's so a little a little secret about 
us is like everyone like our most popular thing that we do is our book previews at the beginning of every month like everyone loves those and it was a great idea that jill had like three years ago and we've been doing it ever since but a little secret about us is we say these are the books we're looking forward to reading this coming month i don't read them that month because there's like 12 of them usually so yes. be, so like some of the books i'm gonna talk about today are books that i recommended in like march but if I ever do pick one of those books, because we're like, these are the books we're going to read in November. And then two, if like two weeks later, Jill and I just do like a recommendation episode. I'm like, well, here's a book that I'm reading. You probably don't remember me talking about it 10 days ago. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, I'm wasting the, the listener's time with that. But, yeah. Well, how do you come out, out, of, uh, out of your October reading? So we both read a ton of horror in October. Are you like, all right, I'm going to read fluff? Uh, am I, am I going to read a bunch of Christmas books? Like, how do you come out of spooky yeah. season? Okay, so admittedly, with the election that was coming up and then has since passed and the way that it turned out, I was curious. I wasn't sure. I thought I was going to need to read a whole bunch of light stuff to ease my heart, but it turned out the way that I was hoping it would. And so what I what I have is a bunch of books that are actually shockingly dark, even though they're coming off. I guess I'm like... I'm like coming off of a Halloween bender and just sticking with it, I've noticed, but... Um, Listen, spooky season's all year round. <laughs> yeah. And it's so the first thing I'm going to read, um, I'm, I just downloaded the audiobook, is Wandering in Strange Lands by Morgan. Ah, <gasps> uh, I, ha- I have the, um, I'm on the wait list via Libby for the audiobook for that. And I'm very excited because I loved her last book and I am super excited for this one. Yeah, I got su- I got very lucky because it was available from my library at Libby. We have, I mean, we, I can. Get Your secret special Libby. <laughs> the Libby green room for, for, for Adam and Jill. I know, it's very good. Um, but this one I did borrow from my library. But for people who, I, we talked about it, I think it was a couple months at this point. But basically, Morgan Jerkins talks about all of these African-Americans who between 1916 and 1970, a lot of African-Americans moved from the southern part of America up to the north. And what ended up happening is they kind of lost touch with their roots. And this involved her family as well. It was known as the Great Migration. And it definitely transformed like the complexion of America as a country. But it also caused a lot of African-Americans to just not remember where they came from. So what Morgan does is she literally goes on the migration paths of all of her family members from like South Carolina and Oklahoma up to I think like Connecticut, New York, they said, and like from Georgia um, all the way over to California and kind of figured out through meeting all these people who either were her family members or knew her family. And through an oral history, she kind of learned the whole history of like 300 years back from her family with all these insights. And it was really like, it, it seems to be Morgan discovering a lot about herself that she didn't realize by going on this long path. So really interesting. And again, this was one of the books where I wanted to read it and I just didn't know if I was emotionally ready for how yeah. our country is. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited now. I now we can read whatever we want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I feel much more comfortable. So yeah. Thanks, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I didn't even ask you. Like, I, I literally just asked you to do this with me. I didn't ask how many books you wanted to talk about. So we can do as much. I mean, you know who you're talking exactly. to. Exactly. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I will let you. I'll turn it over to you. What's, what's the first one you want to talk about? Uh, so the first one that I just started reading um, last night, uh, just cracked open, is a, uh, so as you alluded to, what normally happens for me is that I let myself read a bunch of horror books in October, but as a book podcaster, it's sort of, I, I need to be keeping up with uh, current 2020 reads, reads that are happening, uh, new new releases that are happening this year. So both me and Bria, my co-host, got always kind of tumble out of October going, oh no, we have got a bunch of 2020 releases to read. So that's sort of where we are. It's like the, we, I call it like the, you know, the sort of uh, 2020 read, the, the end of the year reads panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, the book that I'm, I'm about to talk to, uh, about, about to talk about came out in September, but that was like a spooky season adjacent enough that I was like, I'll just wait till later. And it's a girl is a body of water uh, by, I'm going to hopefully pronounce this right. Jennifer Natsubuga Makumbi. And it's by Tin House. And it's like, all I know, I, I've been kind of going into my reads not knowing too much about them, but I know it is a sort of a coming of age story about this young girl and she 
grew up not knowing her mother, not knowing, literally not, not knowing who her mother is. And so she goes on this journey trying to find the identity of her mother and enlists this local witch to help her out. And I was like, so as soon as I saw the, the, the W word, I was like in for this, but it's getting a lot of buzz. Um, this this uh, author is very, very highly spoken of. Um, and I'm really, really, really excited about it. I love um, coming of age stories that are framed in that kind of journey uh, uh, like that. I, I love um, found family stories and estranged family stories. And this one being involved with a witch, I was like, oh, I'm so excited about this. It's going to be great. But I, I literally just started like just the first chapter, but I, it seems fantastic so far. It is a honker. It's sort of, it's a big book, um, but I'm excited to read it. What's yeah. your next pick? So <laughs> I, you speaking of witches, uh, unsurprisingly, I also have a witch-related book. I love how we're yeah. like, now that we've moved away from Halloween, we're going to talk about different We're, we're detoxing from Halloween by, with, well, I, it's funny because you could do kind of like, um, like a Halloween detox with like Halloween adjacent things that are not actually scary, like yeah. witch books and how, like things with Halloween elements that aren't actually horror books. Oh yeah, 100%. Like, um, you could do, like, I read, um. Alice Hoffman's latest book in the Practical Magic series. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I read that one, and I was like, this it's about quote-unquote witches, but it's not spooky at all. But so the one I want to talk about is um, Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie Maniscalco. Uh, Ooh, yeah. I don't even know what this is, but I'm like, okay. give me that title. <laughs> oh, you're going to love So the just so you know, the... Oh, wait, I'm trying to think. This is either one of your or Bria's creepy things. There's a giant snake on the cover. You know, it's me, but okay, it's fine. So it's, I will say the, the cover looks a lot like Ninth House on like Lee Bardugo. Like it's uh, small, it's a, a book that I read and enjoyed. I can I can overcome it if a book is really really good. Just keep the book open. Don't you know? There's a reading. Just never stop reading. Exactly. Um, never. Yeah, that's a very Mallory thing. Never stop reading. Um, so this is a story of there's two sisters and they are witches who live amongst humans, um, and as witches do. And one of them uh, goes to a dinner service at this restaurant and then comes back to find out that her twin has been like brutally murdered. So, oh my God, pretty dark. Um, and then in order to go find out who murdered her sister and seek revenge, uh, the Amelia is the name of the, the one who lives. She goes to hell and has to oh my god basically like uh she meets the wicked princes of hell and i believe there's seven of them one for each deadly sin i think is how it works i, I guess I, oh i'm so in for this seven. already and so uh she has to kind of go along the path of hell to see what happened with her sister and if she's able to bring her back um it almost sounds like a uh oh what's the there's a movie with Robin Williams about a wife who commits suicide and then he goes uh, oh my god what dreams may come, dreams may come. aka like cry super, fuel yeah I know it almost feels like a super dark what dreams may come so yeah Kingdom of the Wicked uh, Carrie Maniscalco she did um, the Stalking Jack the Ripper series and she the funny thing about her and much like many horror writers I've seen and also like you I, you know, reading, you know, Lady from the Black Lagoon, it's like, wow, this is such an incredible, I mean, that's more nonfiction, but like all of Carrie's books are very, very dark and then you meet her and like, she's so nice and sweet. And she's also like four foot one. She's this tiny little human. Oh yeah. Horror people are the most well-adjusted because we get all our weird stuff the out. Weird stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> horror people are the nicest, most uh, adjusted people. Yeah, it's like going to therapy and through books. Basically. Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I saw there's a comedian that I really, really love called um, Chris Fleming, and I watched one of his, uh, he did a virtual show recently, and he said that uh, watching horror was like taking his anxiety out to the dog park, and that's, and I, I couldn't stop laughing because it's so true, and that's how I feel whenever I read a scary book. Oh, that's so true. It's like taking my anxiety out to run around for a little bit. Yeah. Just get get all the, get all that energy out. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your next book? Uh, so this is a YA book that I am really excited about. Uh, it's called Who I Was With Her by Nita Tyndall. And it's also a really dark, sad book. Uh, so warning, sorry. Uh, it is about this uh, teenage girl and she's bisexual. And her girlfriend, and this is no spoilers, like this is, this is, uh, I haven't read this yet. This is just like what the book is about. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this going in, um, she's bisexual, but she's still in the closet and her girlfriend that she loves very, very much dies. 
And because she's still closeted, she doesn't know, nobody knew about this relationship. So she doesn't know who to turn to to deal with her grief without outing herself. So uh, it's this whole story of her, of grief and her acceptance and trying to figure out how to come out and how to deal with these things about herself where she can't, doesn't feel like she can, um, you know, deal with them publicly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was a big buzzy YA book. I think it came out in August or September and I'm super excited to get to it. Um, You will, I think you'll appreciate this. And I I might've said it on a podcast recently, but we got a review recently. That was, oh, I heard this. Someone was yeah. complaining about you liking YA. Yeah. You know and what? Now they're, now they're gonna think I'm obsessing over it because it's the second time I mentioned <laughs> it. But that's okay. But they were very sweet. They still gave us like a five star rating. And they're like, you know, they talk about a lot about YA. Like to the person's credit, they were like, Adam talks a lot about YA because Jill yeah. never does. It's always me. You know, to be fair, I have actually, I don't normally actually read a ton of YA that isn't recommended by you, but this year I've been reading a lot more YA than I ever have in my life. And I think it's because, you know, teenagers are feeling everything all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel like we've all been in quarantine, you know? (laughs) So it just feels like, it's like a very teenage experience where we're all stuck inside and we're angsty and we're stressed out. And I just have felt in that YA state of mind so i've just been reading so much of it this year i want to take a quick break to talk about today's sponsor we're only a few weeks away from giving tuesday an international day of charitable giving at the beginning of the holiday season if you want to be confident your dollars are doing the most good they can go to givewell.org for over 10 years givewell.org has helped donors find the charities and projects that save and improve lives most per dollar. Here's how. GiveWell dedicates over 20,000 hours a year researching charitable organizations and handpicks a few of the highest impact evidence-backed charities. All of that research is publicly available for free on their website. And more importantly, GiveWell never takes any fees. So all of your tax-deductible donations are given to the charity you choose. You know, we all see a million commercials and ads talking about different charities and ways that you can donate money. And it can be a little bit overwhelming and it can also be a little bit unnerving. And you, you want to donate money. You want to give your, you know, your time and your resources and you want to help other people in the world. But you're, you're never really sure if it's going to the right people. And that's why I've loved using GiveWell since they came on with us. It just gives you that peace of mind to know that all the money that you're donating is going to incredible causes. Since 2010, GiveWell has helped over 50,000 donors direct over $500 million to the most effective charities in the world. Most importantly, these donations will save over 75,000 lives and improve the lives of millions more. You know, This year, support the charities that save and improve lives most with GiveWell. If you want your, do- your donation to have even more of an impact, act soon. Any of our listeners who become new GiveWell donors will have their first donation matched up to $250 when you go to givewell.org slash probooknerds and select podcast and probooknerds at checkout. This matching offer is good for as long as funds last. This is a special chance for even a small donation to make a huge impact. Give your first, get your first donation matched up to $250 when you go to givewell.org slash probooknerds and select podcast and probooknerds at checkout. Uh, what is your next book? <laughs> oh, well, I have to say, um, anytime you or Bria are like, yeah, I heard about this book in professional book. And it's like, I wear like a badge of honor more than like any other person. That they got a from you me. guys are our, like our podcast neighbor. Exactly. Yeah, this is, this is the thing is like, I joke around with everybody. I'm like, yeah, we just started a podcast to make other podcast friends with you too. It's like it's, actually it's, true. It's a hundred percent true. It's yeah. very real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So my next one just came out this month and I might've talked about it briefly, but it's called Fable by Adrian Young. And I'm cheating a little bit because I just finished it today. Um, Ooh! it is first off the cover is like it's um this there's this like red-headed female who has these strikingly blue eyes and it's like a very big close-up and she has a ton of freckles and in her eye you can see a pirate ship because this is one of the things that falls into my wheelhouse which is badass lady pirates 
And this, this sounds amazing. So good. So the first off, the main character's name is Fable, which I'm stealing for like a pet at some place point down the line because it's just a great name in general. Um, but Fable is this young girl who her father is the uh, leader of kind of like a fleet of ships that they go and it's not really like piracy but they they go and there's trade routes and they he makes a whole bunch of money in kind of shady ways and the the book starts more or less with her getting dropped off on this island by her dad and it's like this cutthroat island where he's like hey um i'm gonna leave you here deuces (laughs) (laughs) bye small child (laughs) have fun yeah he's like if you survive and come find me i'll give you your inheritance and she doesn't know what this inheritance is and so she spends the first part of the novel like saving up money and the way that she does it is she dives um like deep underwater and basically like scavenges for like pyre and gold and stuff that she then sells because she's one of those those people who can like hold her breath for like minutes upon minutes at a time underwater oh my god is, uh, Hopefully, it's not an Ovaltine situ- or a Christmas story situation where it's just like in your inheritance is a lifetime supply of Ovaltine. Yeah, it's not. I can say I can tell you that it's not. But, um, <laughs> she ends up meeting this crew that she goes with, and she goes on this journey to find her father and to find out what her inheritance is. And lo and behold, it's not what you would expect. And it's just like it, every single book that is about like a YA or an adult book that's about like pirates, especially badass lady pirates. Those are my favorite ones, but. I'm always blown away because like this writer, Adrian Young, is supremely talented. But what I always think about is she has all these technical terms about ships. And you're like, you're a nerd. I could it's so exciting. you can always tell when an author's a nerd about something. Yeah. Cause it's like it's not like modern ships, it's pirate ships. So like you know she had to do like crazy research for like this random sentence in like chapter twenty-eight that no one else. You're like, you're ever. enjoying this ship talk too much. <laughs> so happy. Yeah, exactly. It's just like I always find delight in that where I'm like, these people are spending one book of their life about pirates and they're gonna learn all they can about it. So yeah, fable it's really I love it. it's part of a duology. Um so I'm going in expecting that I'm gonna have to wait a year for the resolution, but that's okay. Because it was really fun. So that's how you know you really love a book when you were ready to commit to it. No, I well, like you said, I always feel like I have to read books early so that I can tell people about them because it's like, which means you have to wait even longer. (laughs) I know, but it's like I feel like when comedians are like, they tell people, "Hey, I'm a comedian," and they say, "Oh, tell me a joke." I feel like when I tell someone, "Oh, I co-host a book podcast," they're like, "Oh, give me a book recommendation." I'm like, "You're like, give me a quarter." This is like, or they'll do the whole like, "Have you read this book?" And you know, they'll pick one of the eighty thousand books that got released in the past five months, and you're like, "No." Yes. Anyway, what's your next one? I, I, I know exactly what you We know the feeling. They're like, hey, or you, normally what happens is you become a dispenser for uh, advice for people's um, families. Like, oh, what book should I get my aunt? I'm like, oh. I don't know. The only, I don't know your aunt. <laughs> the only one you guys did an episode on it is dad books. Like, that's the only one I feel safe where I'm like, I don't know. I assume he likes police procedurals, like just shot in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a war book. Get him a book about very tall ships. He'll be sick. Get him a book about tall ships, a politician, a pres, a dead president, or World War Two, and you're fine. Exactly. Yeah, you're good to go. All right, I'll you're stop so- talking. What's your next? One? <laughs> uh, my next one is a big buzzy book of the year that also came out in September and had to get. I like. I apologize to all September releases because you're you're just September and October. You're just going to be you know shunted to the side after spooky season. Uh, but it's the Midnight Library by Matt Haig, mm-hmm. uh, big buzzy non uh, literary uh, novel. Uh, I have never read any of his fiction before. I love his nonfiction. I love his memoirs and his essays. Uh, but this book is supposed to be about something called the Mid- Midnight Library. This is going to tick the wheelhouses of folks who love books about books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparent, and in this, the universe of this book, there is a the Midnight, Midnight Library, which says sort of every book in there, and there's an infinite number of books, uh, is like a, a gateway to another reality where something is slightly different. And that's where you go when you die and you get to dis- decide maybe if you want to go to a different reality or not to see like, you know, it's, it's, it's a book for all those people who are like, you know what, what if I dropped out of school? Or what if I took that job? Or what if I didn't let that girl get away? And the main character, Nora, uh, is in the Midnight Library and it's all about her deciding, you know, if she wants to go to a different version of her life or is she happy with her own or what, what would she change? And so I'm, I love, love books like this. Um, You know, it's her looking at different aspects of her career and her relationship and her family and her friends and like what, 
what she maybe could have changed or what like all of her different regrets that maybe might not be regrets when she realizes how they affected the rest of her life. Um, so I'm super excited because it's just like a deep philosophical book that has to do with books. So I cannot wait. Oh, books about books are so good. There's uh, Books about books. I, maybe it's just like a given for all of us. Like we just love books about books. What's your next one? So my next one is uh, The Devil in the Dark Water by Stuart Turton. Whoa, whoa. Uh, what is this book that I have not heard of? Okay, so The Devil in the Dark Water. So Stuart Turton did The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Oh, gosh. I feel like I've heard about this. Okay. okay. So Seven and a Half Deaths is like an Agatha Christie novel. If you put an Agatha Christie novel on top of it and then threw an Agatha Christie novel on top. Like, it's just like... And you took- boiled a bunch of Agatha Christie novels yeah. down and made Agatha Christie concentrate? It's insane. Like, the amount of... And you, it's one of these books where you have... To, I had to start it over once because I read... I was reading it slowly and, like, there's so much going on and there's so many different points of view where you have to just be like, oh, shit, hold on. I have to get through this in a day or I'm not going to be able to keep track of everything. And it's fantastic. Um, but this one... So that's very much like a murder mystery and then he's following up that with devil in the dark water which is also a murder mystery but it's on the high seas i got a whole nother whole i'm on a, i'm very into water right now i know i'm just gonna say adam's on the high seas this this week <laughs> trying to get away from <laughs> adam just wants to be on a, a cruise ship in the middle of nowhere oh, yeah, but, but not a, no you know what not a cruise ship because they're all filled with coronavirus <laughs> by myself on a ship on a little dinghy around the ocean um so it's in the mid 1600s and the main character's name is Samuel Pipps and he is the world's greatest detective so you can see it's very much still a murder mystery kind of like the Hercule Poirot situation but he's being transported to Amsterdam where he's being uh he's to be executed for a crime he may or may not have committed and he has a like a bodyguard who's kind of his right-hand man um named Arend Hayes and it's things start happening on the ship um they think there might be demons on there, like this twice dead leper kind of starts walking around. Yeah, it's like a hard what? turn. <laughs> um, demons is definitely not the word that I thought I was going to come out of your mouth. Yeah, and like livestock on the ship keep getting slaughtered, and there's like these weird symbols all over the place. And so then all of a sudden, three passengers get marked for death with like the black spot, like you would see in, um, I was going to say Muppet Treasure Island. I was just going to say Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So in Muppet Treasure Island, the most famous of the Treasure Islands, of course. Yes, you know, clearly the, the, the most important part of the adaptation of that. Yeah. Um, so he gets marked for death, and then it's up to his kind of bodyguard to figure out what's going on, and if he's guilty, and if he's not, and they're, again, they're... There's something about a spooky story on a ship, because you literally can't get away, which I very yeah. much... Yeah. take one more quick break to talk about uh, another sponsor of the podcast that we love 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 so ladies listen up not only do men have more life insurance than women uh, they also have twice as much coverage jenny life wants to shrink that gap it doesn't matter if you're a working mom single mom expecting mom single or if your kids are four-legged fur babies like like mine and jill's you still need life insurance you need jenny life Jenny Life makes it fast and easy for for women to know their families will be taken care of with life insurance that's uniquely built for your needs. And before I worked at uh, Overdrive and did this podcast, I actually sold life insurance for my father. And it's something where it can be hard to talk about because it's something that you think you you don't need while you're alive. But just knowing the peace of mind that you will have, that you can give your family things that, you know, they're going to need once you can no longer provide for them. Um, my dad used to say that, you know, when someone passes away, a lot of people are going to come and ask you for money. And one of the few people who are going to come and hand you money is the life insurance policy that you purchase for yourself. So with Jenny Life, you can get your life insurance policies without blood work or unnecessary red tape. And you can do it all online from your own home. I don't know if you know this, but before Jenny Life, if a pregnant woman wanted life insurance, she'd have to use her pregnancy weight, which means higher rates, or the fact that um, you know, at one time in the United States, it was actually illegal for, for women to own a life insurance policy. So now that you know, Jenny Life is here, it's so, so much easier. Jenny Life asks five simple questions. They curate plans from dozens of A-rated insurance carriers and give you a personalized, budget-friendly life insurance quote in seconds. 
For example, a healthy 32-year-old woman can get a half a million dollars in coverage for about a dollar a day without ever stepping into a doctor's office. I always used to tell people when I would sell life insurance, if you can afford one expensive cup of coffee a week at some place like you know, Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, something like that, you can afford a life insurance policy that's going to change the lives of your families forever. So in order to learn more about Jenny Life and join us in making sure that you're keeping your family safe and sound, visit JennyLife.com slash PBN to get a free quote right now. That's JennyLife.com slash PBN for your life insurance quote today. JennyLife.com slash PBN. What's your, what's your next one? Uh, <laughs> I, I love Moment Rachel Island so much. So uh, my next one uh, is uh, Migrations by Charlotte McConaughey. Mm. I think, yes, um, which I'm, I'm really excited about. It kind of reminds me of that book, um, All the Birds Singing by Evie Wilde. Um, and it's a great, it's like one of those books, it's like a person with a bunch of secrets goes out to the middle of nowhere thinking they're safe from their own self, but they are not. Uh, it's about this woman, Franny, and she is having a lot of issues with her life and she decides uh, to go to Greenland and she's pursuing this like last flock of this like one type of bird. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like out in the middle of like nowhere in Greenland and thinking that, you know, Clearly she's safe from all her dark secrets and all the things that are going on in her life, but not the case. Uh, so it's uh, like, a, it's supposed to be this like very be- beautiful lyrical novel about isolation and nature and birds, but also like her inner t- turmoil and how that's starting to slowly come out as she's making this like beautiful nature trek uh, to, to find these birds. So I am really excited about it. it I think it came out sometime in the summer uh, it has a beautiful cover. It's just like if you're if you're a print reader, it's one of those like like very beautifully made books, mm. like nice paper and everything. So I am I'm very excited. I think it's going to be a good wintery book. Nice, yeah. I, and I will say, if you like that, that sounds a lot like one that I just finished that I talked about a couple weeks ago called Miss Benson's Beetle by Rachel Joyce, and it's like oh, you were just mentioning that on yeah, the show recently. It's kind of the same thing, but the main person is going to search for a beetle as opposed to a bird. So wildly different story. Couldn't be more different. Um, birds, beetles, are nothing to like. Beetles, yeah, it's going to be really short. I, I want to read, or rather, I want to listen to Ready Player Two by Ernest Klein. It's Will Wheaton does all does the audiobooks and like. I, Jill and I talked about this. I'm fully aware of the problematic characters in Ready Player One. I totally get the- Everyone has a problematic fave. Everyone does. And and that's the thing. It's a listen. I understand. I have Harry Potter tattoos in my arm. You're talking about problematic faves. Like I, (laughs) I'm, it's stuck. It's there now. Um, But, you know, Ready Player One, very aware that like everyone says, and they're right. Ernest Klein kind of wrote a female character that's very like not a character. Just like very much kind of like the trophy to be won. And I, I get it. And I feel you, I, I get that, but I think you can also read books that are a little bit problematic if there's a part of them that makes you like just kind of happy. And like the part that everyone was about Ready Player One and I am the same way as like all of the pop culture references and like the quest and the weird video game aspects of it. And Ready Player Two sounds like just an extension of that, which is like another quest with a whole bunch of pop culture references. And like, I. Will Wheaton is one of the best narrators in the world, and it's just—it's one of those things where, like, he's also really perfect for this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he's such a nerd. He's such a nerd. Yeah, I. So I'm—I'm I'm just excited to, you know, spend a few hours. I know that I'll, I'll pour through that in one day, and just. Yeah, and, you yeah. know what? Everyone has a problematic fave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So what is what is your next one? Uh, my next one is another YA book. Sorry, folks who don't oh gosh, like YA. I'm so proud of you. I know, I know. I'm very stoked. Uh, well, uh, to be fair, I also I the, I, I get my YA uh, recommendations from two sources: you and a uh, friend of Reading Glasses, Eric Smith, who is a YA author, but he's also an agent, so he. Mm-hmm a lot of YA clients. So whenever one of his clients comes out with a book, I get really excited. And uh, this one was no different because it sounds like extremely in both of our wheelhouses. Uh, It's called Surrender Your Sons by Adam Sass. And it is sort of, I've heard, basically it's like a gay Lord of the Flies. (gasps) Yeah. So apparently it's about this teenage boy, gay boy named Connor. And he is sent to conversion therapy camp. 
Um, but when he gets there, he realizes that there is somehow even darker things going on than conversion therapy. And he like makes it his mission to save all these other teenagers who are in peril, uh, but also exposing this like bad, scary slasher stuff that's happening at the camp. Um, and it, it sounds amazing. I'm really excited about it. So yeah, it, it was, it was pitched. Uh, I, I saw, see a lot of people talk about it as just like a gay scare, gay horror, Lord of the, even more horror-y Lord of the Flies. My, no one again, we'll see this. You said that and my mouth opened. I like, I was again. I stumped Adam with a scary YA folks. Are you, I, everyone please be proud of me. <laughs> I'm so this. this looks amazing. I know, I'm super excited about it. Oh, amazing, okay. I have one more of these and I'm gonna bug you about um, like romance, or not romance, Jesus, like holiday traditional nostalgic read things. So, although, um, Funny you say that because there's a lot of holiday romance novels <laughs> that we were looking at recently for reading glasses reasons. <laughs> Lots of cozies like that, yeah. Um, okay, so my last one is the Neil Gaiman Reader. Uh, it is a collection. Oh, oh yes, I saw I saw him holding it on his Instagram. It's like a doorstop. It, it yeah, it is a doorstop. So I um, I got to watch him uh, do a. I don't, even, I don't even know what it was like in conversation with Marlon James. Uh, oh, but right, 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 yes. And um, Marlon James wrote the intro to the Neil Gaiman Reader, right? Yeah, he wrote the intro to it. And so what it is, it's just, it's literally a collection of Neil Gaiman short stories. And they were picked by like a vote, just by like pe what people wanted to have in there. And then Neil Gaiman picked one that he wrote relatively recently that he didn't think enough people had read, so they didn't vote for it. And he just really liked the story and he wanted it in there. And the conversation was extremely interesting because Neil Gaiman told Marlon James that he doesn't consider himself a short story writer. And then, you, as you said, you look at this book that he releases that's not even near all of his short stories, and it's like 900 pages because he's written so many short stories. And it was just interesting to hear their conversation back and forth, back and forth about uh, how they write short stories and also like um, Neil Gaiman spoke to somebody who I can't remember who it was, but he, it was like his favorite short story writer. And the guy basically said, he's like, think about it as if you're writing a 25 chapter book and your short story is chapters 24 and 25. That's what you're writing. And he's like, you just have to trust that the, the rest of the people who read this are just going to be in that world with you right away. And I was like, that was really interesting advice. But then, I don't know, it was just the thing that they were doing, which was the most impressive thing I've ever seen. I fancy myself a, a book nerd, obviously. But like Marlon James would- A professional, you might say. <laughs> like Marlon James would, would talk, they were talking about their influences. And he'd be like, well, there was this 1967 science fiction novel about so-and-so set in Amsterdam. And Neil Gaiman would be like, oh, remember that specific scene on like page seven? Like Neil Gaiman just has this like, Remember, amazing yeah it's like he's rain man for books and <laughs> neil so, gaiman's book man yeah so one of the things i do like to read during the, like the the dark period the of dark years period, in the dark years is i do like a, a short story collection especially one that feels like coming home like neil gaiman he's definitely my favorite author ever and he is He's that author that when I read any of the stories, it feels like coming home. Like, I feel like I'm just, just like putting on a cozy Neil Gaiman sweater. Exactly, I'm putting on a cozy Neil Gaiman sweater. I'm gonna pour myself a mostly bourbon hot toddy, and just a hot bourbon. It's just a hot bourbon. It's just a hot bourbon. Adam's special cocktail is just a hot bourbon. Yeah, can I write like a? Yeah, give let me feel like give me like one paragraph of girly drinks your upcoming book where it's like Adam's not a girl and he's not historical or famous, but he drinks <laughs> hot bourbon. He drinks hot bourbon. It's special. I actually am going to be having. Uh, my publisher wants me to have recipes in it, so maybe in the special there'll be a special edition of girly drinks that's just the hot at uh, the professional book nerd special is just hot bourbon hot with lemon. Bourbon. Oh man, all right, you want to do one more of these? Yeah, so my last pick uh, for, and this was another one that came out over the summer. Um, it's called The Bright Side Sanctuary for Animals by Becky Mandelbaum. And this is uh, one I had also been saving for post election because it's supposed to be like a feel good, charming, small town kind of mm -hmm. book. Um, and it's about this woman, and she hasn't spoken to her mother and in six years. Um, and her mother runs this Bright Side Sanctuary for Animals. Her mother runs a um, animal shelter in Kansas and her this 
the main character of the book finds out that there is a fire there mm-hmm. and so she has she ends up going back to her the small town that she's from um i know jill loves a small town i love a lot of people love a small jill town loves a small town <laughs> jill, well, jill loves when there's murder in the small towns jill loves I, a small town murder <laughs> jill loves murdering small towns and schools um I don't think there's any murder in this one, but this is, so this main character has to go back to this town that she's from that she hasn't been to in a really long time and help her mother out that she hasn't spoken to in a really long time and, you know, sees, and she's also dealing with her boyfriend who is not from the small town, it's like from the big city where she is currently living, who's like trying to understand like, you know, how what, like why she's even going back like the connections that she has like the kind because we all know that when you go back to your hometown all of a sudden these like parts of you that you have compartmentalized like start to come out and people who don't know you from there are uh are sort of flummoxed at there mm-hmm. at that so um yeah it, it sounds really really lo- great it's not it's gonna be perfect for this month for thanksgiving gotta love a family drama um uh, so i'm excited about it it's the that's the bright side sanctuary for animals sounds awesome that is that's a quite a name that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, I, it, I, I, I bought it via bookshop.org. Uh, so I didn't really see the cover at first. I just saw the title and I was like, I don't know what this is, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. So, okay. So when the holidays roll around, do you have either books that you return to every year? Or, I mean, I know you, I, I know that you do His Dark Materials every year. I was just going to say, reread His Dark Materials. Or at least one, I read one book from his dark, the his dark materials trilogy every christmas season this year it's going to be amber spyglass last year was subtle knife um i love it i got excited because my boyfriend bought me the folio society versions of them for christmas last year so i get to read the very fancy version this year um but i do i do have a, a bunch of holiday um reading traditions what do you so as as specifically for you as a library and book podcasting professional what does your book holidays look like okay so i have so i always take um a few days before christmas and then all the way through the new year off just because we usually we we pack the pot like Jill and I will kill ourselves over the next four weeks to like schedule out all the episodes in advance. So we don't have to worry about that. We know that game. (laughs) Um, So we'll do that. And then I also like a nice thing about the publishing world, which a lot of other people might not know is like publishers basically disappear for like the last three weeks of the year. They're just like, they like, Oh yeah. I'll get an email from a publicist about an author. Like, Hey, so you're all set for your interview on um, the 7th of December. Also see you next year. Peace out. And I'm like, Oh Oh, yeah. So I have since adopted that. So I spend. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you guys are publishing adjacent. Like, yeah, exactly. And like, I don't want to say like the library stuff goes on autopilot, but like, people are going to go to Libby. They're going to borrow books. That's great. Like, but the libraries do a lot of their purchasing right before the holidays. So it's a, it's a pretty chill time for consumer marketing, which is my real person job at Overdrive. And so I spend a lot of that time reading. And one of the things I, I, I have two books that I always reread. And then I have a third like section. So the two that I always reread is I have read a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Uh, like, I, the last couple of years since it came out, I read Hidden Sea by Gregory Maguire oh so, that actually that's like it feels like the fairy tale stuff is very Christmassy. yeah well in, in addition to that so gregory Maguire, if, if anyone's like that name kind of sounds familiar he did wicked and all of those books um but hidden sea or perhaps hide and see not really sure which one it is it is like his imagined uh background story of the nutcracker and so so cool yeah and it's so it's all about like the the island is called hidden sea but it's all about the person who you know who made the nutcracker uh drosselmeyer and like who carves them out and it's just like it's like magical realism and but it's just i don't know it's very comforting and soothing and it's just um i will say the nutcracker is not a huge ballet person i don't know what anyone would think i was but um but that's one like you're I, a man of many you know, we all contain multitudes that's true we do contain multitudes yeah um but i like love i've always loved the music of the nutcracker and that's always kind of been on like in any nothing like a hot bourbon and some ballet hot you know <laughs> so yeah i so those two i always you know i'll get some other one in a second but what about you like what are some of your reading traditions uh well as we've said before the holidays are a magical time pick it to for me and Bria too, because we've normally, we've already recorded our best of 2020. So my 
my the pressure is off my reading for the year and it's just sort of a magical time where I can just sort of like I don't have to worry about talking about a book in public I just kind of can relax but I think because uh, I have so many so many memories of that being like the school vacation week from like right before Christmas Eve to like right after New Year's um, you had off from school when I was a kid like that was book time like I basically did nothing but read for that, like sometimes depend a week or two weeks, depending on how you know the schedules fell. Um, so I do that. I mean, it's not super different from what I normally do, <laughs> but uh, I'm saying it as if I don't read all the time, every day, every other day of the year. Um, but it's just like a there's something so that like so magical about reconnecting with that. Like, oh, I don't have to do anything. I have, don't have homework, which you know. I'm a writer. I have chosen to have homework every night for the rest okay. of my life. <laughs> uh, but I don't like, like you said, publishing shuts down, the film industry shuts down. I don't have to do anything for anybody. And there's something about sort of reconnecting to that time that has always in my life um, been like a magical reading only time with no pressure, no stakes, no homework, no emails, no nothing. And just like, jammies all day reading all day and I normally am not a huge fantasy reader but definitely maybe because I it's the time of year I always read his dark reread his dark materials but that's the time of year where I actually crave fantasy mm -hmm. um and not even just like cold weathery dragony fantasy but just like any kind of fantasy uh there is a a series that I've been wanting to read oh my gosh I'm gonna try to remember the name of it it's winter something um it's a whole, I'm sorry, listeners, I'm holding this book up to Adam. This is absolutely useless to you as podcast listeners, but it's called A Winter's Promise by Christelle Debos. Mm. And I found out about it because um, my friend, Emily Duncan, who is a, a author and librarian, librarian, I know friend yeah. of professional book, friend of professional book nerds. Um, uh, she posted about it on her Instagram and it's translated from the French, I believe. And it just like, is this looks like this amazing YA fantasy series. I think there's four books in it. And because uh, when I when she posted about it on our Instagram, somebody said something that is similar to his dark materials. And as we know, that's like an extremely easy way to get me to read something. <laughs> so I'm really excited about it. Uh, but I always kind of pick like a chunk of fantasy books to read for for the holidays. And that is the first one on the list. So I am super excited. I will also be drinking hot bourbons. I, yeah, I do I love a, I love a hot toddy. I really, really do. Uh, it is ultimate and it's been very chilly here. We I live in Los Angeles. It's been very cold, um, cold mm -hmm. yeah, with air quotes. Yeah, but it's been in the 40s every morning. That is extremely cold for Los Angeles. Uh, but yeah, I'm super, I'm excited to um, to just sort of oh sorry, there's a helicopter going over. Um, sort of sit on the couch for a week and do nothing but read and eat snacks. <laughs> yeah, I know it's the best. We have always have so many leftovers from like various family things. I don't know if we'll get those this year. But um, have you read Winter Song by S J uh, oh. S J Jones? I've never even heard of it. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm gonna add. Give me, give me. It's a duology. It's Winter Song and Shadow Song, and it's basically if you took um, the Labyrinth and smashed it with Beauty and the Beast, and it's this like circular story about this person who has to go into this like gobliny world and and like has to marry this goblin king and. Then has to, like, so it's 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 David Bowie fan fiction. Like, it's let's be literally real. Literally, David Bowie fan fiction. So every kid, every kid. I'm I'm writing this down right now. Uh, every kid watched Labyrinth as a kid. Yeah, there's two types of kid, people. Mm -hmm. uh, there's people who watch Labyrinth and was like, oh, Sarah should have totally just stayed with Bowie, and <laughs> which true. And also, uh, all the goth kids that totally would have made out with Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah, 100%. Also, every <laughs> single, I, um, I read to my niece every Monday night via, like, FaceTime. Oh, that every, is so nice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Every uh, accent I do for every character in every book is Hoggle from The Labyrinth. Like, I can't get away from it. I'm just like, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, shit, I'm just, oh. Yeah, so, <laughs> 
I'm I, I just like I'm hoggle for everything. Yeah, I'll be like, like I'll it'll be like this person's Scottish, so I'll be like, that's not fair. I'm like, no, that's just still hoggle. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I, yeah, my last thing is I always read Agatha Christie novel, just like oh, that's cozy mysteries, good. Yeah, I, I pick one. I mean, you, I, the last year I did Hercule Poirot's Christmas, which is very on brand because it's literally a murder on Christmas. Um, but yeah, I'll just go back and. I love all the Poirot books. I love all the Miss Marple books. But just, yeah, a cozy mystery where, like, I know there's going to be that traditional Agatha Christie, like, great reveal at the end. Or it's just, like, even if the breadcrumbs weren't exactly dropped throughout the book, she's just, like, watch my prestige. Like, watch what happens yeah. now. <laughs> Boom. Exactly what I wanted. So, yeah, it's, I do, I do love, no, it, there's, there's comfort in knowing that when you start a book that it's going to be resolved in that one book, you know? Like, I, you don't always know. Oh, Yeah. Oh, totally. It's funny because that's what I did during the election week. And it's funny because I thought that I was reading a horror book because if you look at the cover of this book, it looks like a horror novel. And then about halfway through, I realized that nothing scary was going to happen. It was a cozy mystery. And it was perfect because I was the kind of thing. Cozy mysteries are so great because it was just like just interesting enough that I wanted to keep reading it. But it was also just soothing enough. There was like a lot of sweaters involved and rainy moments. There's a Quiet Neighbors by Catriona McPherson. And it was just exactly what my brain needed during the election like cozy mysteries forever <laughs> um okay everybody so paper tap paperback of lady from the black lagoon is now yes. out go get that it is such a fabulous freaking book i love it so much i would love it even if i didn't adore you as a friend and do you want to maybe tell everyone what you're working on for your next book i know it's kind of yes. been out in the world but in case people yes. haven't heard Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so um, I am currently writing. It's going to be out next fall. It is a book called Girly Drinks, A Woman's History of Drinking. It is a history of women drinking and making alcohol all over the world from when alcohol was invented until now. And it is the most fun book in the world to write. It would be more fun to write if we weren't in a pandemic, uh, but it's still been a blast. I'm super excited about it. You'll be learning every single chapter follows the story of one woman in that time period in history who was... Um, um, like to, like to drink, uh, was a brewer, was a distiller, was involved in the alcohol uh, industry or culture in some way. It is such a blast. I am so excited about it. Uh, but keep an eye out on that. Again, um, it's going to be out next fall. Pre-order uh, information will be out uh, in the spring, I believe. But if folks want to uh, support uh the paperback from Lady from the Black Lagoon is out now. Uh, the audiobook of Lady from the Black Lagoon, which I do read, is also out as well. Uh, and yeah, you could also, if you like this, then you should listen to Reading Glasses. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was like, I always tell that to people, but I think at this point, like the the Venn diagram is just a circle of our Yeah, it's, it's, it's really true. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Mallory, thank you for pinch hitting your my my hero and my buddy. Anytime. I am happy to be the the Jill understudy. It is an honor. <laughs> Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.